1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter, at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-hosts this week, both of them back here, Andrew Mertig, Maggie Loney. It's a Friday show, you guys. Uh, How are we doing this week? Doing really good. I I don't think we're going to
2: address it necessarily in the show today, but this is technically the family night preview show, and if there's one thing that I think really represents the Packers fan base well, it is like 60,000, 70,000 people showing up for uh, Inter squad scrimmage uh, at Lambeau Field, and like the excitement of the rookies getting to experience Lambeau for the first yeah. time. And I went to family night last year with my now fiance, and it was the nice. first Packer, Packers Lambeau experience. And I got front row tickets in the end zone, so excited. And then it was a monsoon oh. and a thunderstorm. And it was really bad, <laughs> and uh, so I'm just out here hoping for better weather in Green Bay for those of you trying to make it out to uh, Lambo tonight.
3: Yeah, I looked, it's supposed to be like 86 degrees and sunny, so oh, no rain, yeah. but it's going to be hot. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then in addition, in addition to family night, we have our first NFL game on TV as we're recording this Hall of Fame game. Obviously not a barn burner, but it does signal that the regular season is fast approaching, and that's exciting. So we got our first look at Devontae Adams um, in his black and silver. He's on the TV, literally, as I'm saying this, which is kind of (laughs) wild, even if he's not actually playing in the game, which he's not. So that's funny.
1: It is. It's going to be a mixture of a good to see him, really sad that he's in the wrong <laughs> colors, but uh, always a little bit of a throwback to the Hall of Fame game, of course, uh, that was canceled for the Packers. And Was that Raiders? Is that right? When uh, Was it Gruden? They were talking to the midfield, and they're like, we'll play if you want to play, and then it was so bad, they just decided to...
3: It was Packers-Colts.
1: Colts, like I don't know. I
3: think it was the the Favre.
1: Hmm, that's a good question. What's
3: the paint here? That the yeah. paint was like the wrong
1: paint, Yeah, it was really bad. really disappointing. I've seen a few people flashing back on Twitter to that one. But Hall of Fame game, football is here. It is exciting. Uh, we finally arrived. But you guys, we are still in the middle of training camp. Um we got some updates today. You know, Buzz keeps building around a few players, some fun storylines. So uh, you guys want to jump in here and talk about some of those stories coming out of camp? Yes, please. All right. I will kick us off here. Just a note on Zach Tom um, continues to work with the ones just kind of interesting, you know, moving from right tackle to left tackle back and forth today. He's on the right side, uh, but it certainly seems like he's going to be factoring in as someone who might see significant opportunity, especially with Bakhtiari and Jenkins out. He started in these spots. They keep putting him there. You know, sometimes they they give guys an opportunity and then you kind of see them, you know, sift down to where they're actually going to be. But it seems like he's continuing to get these opportunities. Zach time, Tom might actually be a, a pretty big factor for this offensive line. Andrew, uh, I know you were going to talk a little bit about maybe man of the day, Adrian Amos a little bit. Yeah, so, um, you know, a-
2: Amos often gets labeled as like solid, right? Like that's some sort of insult. But he was making plays all over the place on Thursday, and I think he might have been the most underrated player on the roster all of last season. And the more he is getting noticed, the more he seems to be making the splash plays in addition mm. to just always being a really good player and always being in the right place. So this could be the year we see him jump into that upper echelon of NFL safeties. I, I, I'm really excited to see where Amos goes. And obviously this defense has some really, really high expectations I think Amos is that leader of the secondary that is
1: obviously uber talented. So Romeo Dubs is a player that we're going to get into later in the show, I think. So we're not going to spend a ton of time here. But an interesting nugget coming out of these practices, he's getting work as a punt returner, right? And we heard this a couple days ago. Uh, Andy Herman noted that it it kind of looks like he's going to have a real shot to win that job and maybe even be this team's primary punt returner, which would you know just continue to add to the folklore around romeo at this point so uh, good for him just an interesting nugget there that he's finding multiple ways to uh really just cement his status as in a really someone who just is taking over these practices yeah Yeah, i mean
3: sorry andrew i was gonna say i just i just think that like i mean it's really early to to be looking at this kind of stuff but with without preseason games but it's fun that we're consistently talking about two of the players that were day three draft picks for the Packers because, you know, historically the Packers have decent third day picks and they contribute. But the fact that these are standout guys who have the chance to be almost day one starters, you know, we'll talk about Dobbs a little bit. And then Zach Tom, I thought he was going to come in and be like a backup center, honestly. And the fact that he's getting looks at both tackle spots, I think just says a lot about, you know, the value that Goody found on day three for this class.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, like I, I wanted to get Maggie's insight on Dobbs because obviously last week Kyle, you and I got to talk about it a little bit and so so I think that's really insightful. And Dobbs is the guy who is gonna get talked about all the time, but mm-hmm. Zach Tom may end up playing a, a, a more important role yeah, on this team, yeah, right? Yeah. It, he's, somebody has to start a tackle to begin the year. Yeah. We don't think Jenkins is going to be ready. I, I can't imagine he is. And Bakhtiari is a huge question mark. So, you know, is is Zach Tom going to be that guy who plugs in a tackle and can he just be solid and suffice? Or can he be another one of those sort of legendary mid round offensive lineman that the Packers end up with who, who ends up being like maybe average to good in his rookie season and just keeps developing. So yeah, that, that's super excited, exciting.
1: The annoyance around the league and especially in the NFC North if the Packers again, hit another mid-round pick, <laughs> if someone like Zach Town would be crazy. Okay, so you guys, I've made the note in my brain that it is Romeo Dobbs, but I just keep saying Dubs. so you're going to have to help me with this. <laughs> I'm going to make the transition, but by all accounts, we believe it is now Romeo Dobbs. I'm going to make that change. But, hey, let's stay on offense here and talk about another guy that we talked about, Andrew. Was that just last week? We kind of started talking What's... about, you know, these guys that could pop. Uh, this one made the most sense, I think, of any that we that we talked about. So it wasn't like we made this huge prediction, but Tyler Goodson continues to stack success in these practices. I've heard lots of people say that they do expect him to contribute as a pass catcher, but that he might not be built for running the football well. In these practices, he's running really well and creating more with his vision and quickness than just what's out there blocked for him. And with Taylor and Hill having the injuries and with the preseason, really, you know, we're right around the corner here. It's looking like Goodson is going to have a really nice shot to build off these practices and showcase his skills in these exhibition games.
3: Yeah, I thought that uh, Matt LaFleur had an interesting nugget today in his presser just talking about, you know, they asked him, obviously, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon aren't playing next week, or th- you wouldn't think that they'd play in the first preseason game. Maybe they'll get some action later on if, you know, Patrick Taylor still is back on the injury report, mm-hmm. Kylan Hill not not returning mm-hmm. just yet. You've got two running backs, and you don't really want to give them a full 60-minute mm-hmm. workload, you know, or I know it's not sixty minutes exactly for them, but you don't want to give them as your only two backs going into the preseason. So I'm not sure what the rest of that room will look like if there'll be any additions, but yeah. definitely think the the workload for them is going to be really significant in this first preseason game next week.
1: Absolutely, it's going to be really really interesting. I wanted to throw out one other nugget here. I guess that uh, I've seen a couple of you writers talk about, and that's Jonathan Garvin. Right, it's known that Packers are going to need some depth to emerge at the edge position. And Garvin seems like he might be making his case to be that guy. In today's practice... Uh, he got into the backfield on a play tipped a pass that ended up being intercepted by quay walker and i saw multiple people note that he's having some success getting a re- around uh zach tom who we talked about who's playing well uh, but he's getting pressure against tom so keep an eye on garvin as we head into these games and see if he's able to to generate some pressure in those games and carry over that success to to some game reps but um, i think unless you guys have anything else. That's probably I I just
2: wanted to mention uh, from from a Garvin standpoint like okay. n- n- you won't find anybody higher on John Garvin than than I am, right? Like yeah. in the 2020 <laughs> draft, I had him as my 41st overall right. prospect. He Ends up going in the 7th round, makes me look kind of stupid, but he he had a 9.04 RAS score, right. unbelievably athletic guy. Um just needed some time to start to put things together. And you always wonder with these like alter athletes, right? Like, are they going to take sort of that, like Kendall Donerson route and just be like a crazy athlete who never figures it out and Mm -hmm. sort of maybe floats around the league and practice squads and stuff? Or are they going to start piecing it together? And the hope is that Garvin can be that third edge because the Packers just don't know who that is right now. So Um, he's going to get a lot of opportunities in the coming weeks, and he's somebody that I think could um, end up being a really big factor for this team if if he can indeed start to to figure out a, a pass rush plan and and uh, you know figuring out some of those moves.
3: I think he had some some really impressive numbers, too, as far as, like, obviously he was a rotational guy for much of the season. He didn't see, like, significant playing time, but when you look at his pressures compared to just the number of snaps he p- played on defense, it's a pretty nice percentage. He was definitely kind of that third rotational edge piece so if he does get an increased workload I know you know Rashawn Gary talked about guys like Randy Ramsey coming back and what that means but that third spot is completely wide open and I think it's at this point Garvin's job to lose
1: yeah, definitely a lot of meaningful snaps there that will need to be taken by someone. Maybe Garvin's that guy. Andrew, what was I thinking? I should have known that you absolutely would have had something to add on Garvin. <laughs> you are uh, the Garvin hype train there. So uh, some fun players to watch there. And we are really, like we said, right around the corner from seeing some of these guys get some game action. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But Andrew, why don't you set up here uh, our show concept for today? i uh, kind of excited to jump in with this one.
2: Yeah, we wanted to go a little bit past just the, the headlines coming into practice today and spend some time on the rest of tonight's show talking about the depth at wide receiver. Obviously, just tons of discussion on this position and and specifically at the top of the depth chart. But we wanted to take a look at all of the players we're going to see in camp in the preseason and project how the whole unit could look throughout the season. So So Kyle, I know you're going to get us kicked off with the perceived number one wide receiver.
1: Yeah. So obviously no one thought that Lazard was going to be this team's de facto wide receiver, right? Alan Lazard enters the season kind of in that spot. Here we are, right? Adams is gone. Lazard is the next man up. And I think there are a lot of fans around the league who may think it's kind of wishful thinking to think that Lazard can be that wide receiver one for an NFL team. And to be fair, he is not going to be Devontae. No one is going to be that guy. But Lazard has a lot of things going his way, right? First, Rodgers trusts him. He trusts him to be in the place that he's supposed to be. He trusts him to put in the work. And Aaron has spoken very highly of Lazard this offseason in particular. And it feels like Rodgers... Rodgers has this thing, if you listen to his press conferences, he usually heaps praise on players for two different reasons. It feels like in my estimation, I could be totally wrong here. He either actually really, really believes it, or he needs it to be true, and so he's speaking it into existence to kind of pull some confidence out of some of these guys. But either way, Rodgers' words for Lazard right now seem to point to him having a prominent role for this team this season. Uh, The other reason that I'd point to is it seems Very reasonable to expect Lazard to take another step because this coaching staff just loves the guy, right? They love his work ethic. They want him on the field as often as possible. He's a great blocker. But even more than all of those things, Lazard himself is talking about how confident he is right now that he thinks he can take that next step. He stated that his goal is to be the best wide out in the league. So maybe that seems audacious, but it does tell you what this young man is all about and what his goals are. I think we should... Be excited to see what's ahead for Alan Lazard as he gets this uptick in opportunity.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Yeah,
3: so then I guess I'll talk about maybe the de facto wide receiver too, however you want to have him on your depth chart, Randall Cobb at this point. Um, And I think just being on the roster is enough for Cobb and Rodgers, and I don't say that maliciously. I just think that Cobb can still be productive in a Matt Lafleur offense, and we saw plenty of evidence for that last year. Before his injury against the Rams in his 12 games, he only had three official starts, um, but he had 28 receptions for 375 yards with five touchdowns, and he's put up less touchdowns with more yardage for the bulk of his career. So I think Packers fans would be perfectly content with that level of production from the vet in the room if he's not accumulating as many yards, but he's finding the end zone more frequently for six and we've said before that we're not sure any, vigil, any individual wide receiver eclipses 1,000 yards, but Cobb certainly is a prime candidate for 400 yards and a handful of touchdowns, and I think that makes him a very productive member of the offense as that kind of secondary role player. That said, I'm, I'm really curious to see what that role does look like as a role player um, and see how much he actually plays on this roster. He's still a contributor. We know he will be that, um, but I could absolutely see him kind of taking a back seat towards the half of the season or just being in certain offensive packages for the floor. If guys like Watson and Dobbs and Amari Rogers really kind of step up and start showing out. But at the end of the day, the chemistry between Rogers and Cobb is unmatched. So consider him a roster lock who will be there on third down scramble drills.
2: Yeah. And I wanted to take Sammy Watkins because I think I've been looking at Watkins with some rose colored glasses and, um, just wanted to see like where he was at and and how he can contribute to this team. Um, and when he's healthy, he can still be solid, but he hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2015 with the bills. So, um, and, and in fact, that was his only 1000 yard season of his career. Um, but you look at more recent years and he's actually been very steady. He He's played in 15, 10, 10 and 13 games, respectively, in the past four years. So this sort of like he's always injured, I think, is a little bit overstated. Um, his career high in catches, though, is only 65 and he hasn't had more than 40 in the last five years. So. I am still very optimistic he can be good with Rodgers, but I'm starting to think that anything over 600 yards is a bit of a pipe dream. So that being said, he still provides a deep threat. He averaged over 14 yards per catch last season. And really, all he needs to do in this offense is just replace MVS's production. And you take a look, MVS had 26 catches for 430 yards, three touchdowns. That's actually... Um, a little less than what Sammy Watkins did last year in what I would consider to be a little bit of a down year. So if he can do that, he is worth way more than what he's getting paid for. So I think, you know, if Watkins can give you maybe 12 games and the numbers in that MBS production, right, like maybe maybe he ups it a little bit um, and, and you get that 30 catches, 500 yards, maybe four or five touchdowns. I, I think the Packers really
1: have something there. Man, Andrew, I, I just am sitting here, and this is not to, to bash on MBS, but when you put those numbers out there, it's really interesting. I did not, I would not have guessed that MBS only had 26, 26 catches last year. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of drama around do the Packers resign him, what is his value? And then the contract that the Chiefs give him, and a lot of fans saying we should have just paid it. You can kind of see looking just at the numbers, not necessarily the impact on the offense how they would say, we feel like we can find that production in another player, and maybe Sammy Watkins is that guy. Again, not any shade on MVS, but just interesting when you look at the numbers and what someone like Watkins is maybe being asked to step in and replace. I'm glad you, glad you shared those numbers today. Um, I'm going to jump in here and talk about Christian Watson. And I don't think very many people would have expected that Christian Watson was not the rookie wide receiver creating the most buzz in camp. At this point, I'll leave that conversation for Maggie here in just a second. But I think it's important to recognize that Watson's slow start, it's not his fault, right? He had surgery following minicamp to fix something in his knee. And so he's coming back slowly from that. Beat reporters have pressed Coach Lafleur and Rodgers about how harmful, right, is it that Watson is missing all this time. And they've acknowledged that, yeah, those reps are really important. he will have to play a little bit of catch-up. But they've also stated that they have confidence in the coaching staff, the wide receiver room, that's going to keep Christian up to date so that he's ready to go when his body does allow him to be out in the field. So the timeline is really interesting. Obviously, the Packers would love to have him out there. He's a second-round selection the Packers aggressively traded up for him. So you know they'll have their mindset on getting him involved sooner rather than later as soon as he's available. So we just got to play a little wait and see, uh, but I'm excited for when he finally does hit the field.
3: Yeah, so thank you guys for letting me talk about future Packers and Pro Football Hall of Famer, Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was on my, my guys list going into the draft, which means nothing to nobody, but I was thrilled when Green Bay did end up taking him in the fourth round. Um, But I I really don't think anybody could have expected him to have started training camp as hotly as he did. Mm. You know, he's quickly caught the attention of his quarterback, uh, which helps. You know, Rogers spoke really highly of Dobbs this past week already, mentioned that every day Dobbs is delivering some type of wow play in camp. And he added that it's really rare for a young player to be doing that. He said, quote, we've had some... We've had some guys over the years do that, but they are all in the top 10 of Packers receiving history, um, end quote. So I think it's pretty safe to say that the hype train for him has left the station. Um, Cobb also spoke highly of him, you know, and his ability to make contested catches so far, just, you know, and what they're seeing in practice So he just seems like a special prospect at this point, you know, and he'll have ample opportunities to continue building rapport with Rodgers. And I think he could honestly be in the mix for some significant playing time early in the season, especially given the fact that Watson is unfortunately sidelined with the knee injury. So, you know, for those wondering about his college production, um, he had over 1000 yards receiving in both his junior and senior seasons with nine touchdowns in 2020 and 11 touchdowns in 2021. His career average is 14.8 yards per catch, and he's got some really nice breakaway speed. Also has experience returning punts, like Kyle mentioned earlier in the show, including his first collegiate touch uh, was an 80-yard touchdown that he returned, um, or a punt return for a touchdown. So expect him to not only make an impact on the offense right away, but to have some type of role carved out for himself on special teams.
2: Yeah, I, I thought you were just trying to say Romeo Dobbs is a dog. <laughs> with with the barking now? Okay. That's 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 a that's a long call back from well, almost well sixty seconds ago. Um <laughs> Anyways, I get to talk about Amari Rogers, and I think it's fair to say that, that Rogers is coming off a really disappointing rookie season, right? A lot of high expectations for him coming out of Clemson, ends up only having four catches for 45 yards, and I think that is okay given his role, but he never was able to step in as a return specialist, which we were all hoping for, or even kind of that gadgety player that that we were looking for as a draft selection. So something just hasn't clicked yet. And there was a lot of expectation that this camp would be the start of that second year breakthrough. I know there was, you know, a lot of talk about his body coming in, looking a little bit differently, about him being a little bit more prepared. It just hasn't quite happened yet. We we saw a, a reports of a few flash plays today. And I, I think, you know, hopefully that he can just kind of continue to build on that success but it would be very surprising to me, even if he doesn't click, to see the Packers jettison a third round pick in his second season. Um, but Rodgers certainly, you know, has a little bit of an uphill climb to being an impact player with the emergence of Romeo Dobbs. And it becomes a numbers game. And, and I think Rodgers does need to start showing something to be able to stick to the 53. But we'll talk a little bit more about roster construction uh, at the end of the show.
1: Yeah, and no one was as big of a fan of Amari Rodgers being drafted by the Packers as I, I was. So excited about that selection, and I do hope that you know he can, you know, break out this year and and just find some success. It does sound like you mentioned you know those flashlight plays in practice. Uh, I think Ennis Gaines was someone that he, you know, multiple people were saying he just blew by for a big game today. So things like that we didn't really hear last year. So you're saying you know it's not all there, but we are getting little nuggets mixed in that it's a better camp for him so well, I think where we'll probably get our answer is when these preseason games roll around and he's given some opportunities to to make some of those plays but some other guys who are going to have that same opportunity Jawan Winfrey and Malik Taylor and Jawan Winfrey is a name that it kind of ebbs and flows among Packers fans I think <laughs> sometimes he's talked about as the guy who's going to be that next breakout player and in in the same breath, we assume that he's going to be cut with relative ease. We kind of go back and forth between these things. But since coming into the league in 2019, it just kind of feels like he's been so close to catching on in multiple places and making that impact. And he's really talked about his own confidence that it's at an all time high. Rogers has had great things to say about Winfrey and he's only 25 years old. So a breakout is definitely not an impossibility. Uh, It's just going to come down to those opportunities. Andrew's Mentioned the numbers game, right? It's just some of these guys are going to have a harder time getting opportunities and finding ways to get on the field. But um, Malik Taylor is another guy who's stuck around Green Bay for a while. The coaching staff loves him. Taylor has always had a lot of value as a special teams guy. So it'll be interesting to see if he can gain the same love from Vasashi's staff and make a push to make this team again uh, in what might be a long shot at this point.
3: Yeah, so I've got Samori Toure and Danny Davis up next. And to me, those guys lump together pretty perfectly because right now they're the two names that I would have Green Bay stashing on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Davis is getting some impressive reviews out of training camp so far, with guys like the pod father, Andy Herman, and Aaron Nagler talking about uh, him in, in some pretty nice detail. But I think the overall sense is just that this room is too deep for anyone on the fringe to really crack at this point, Um, especially coming out of camp, assuming. That these guys all stay healthy. And, you know, despite uh, Toure's status as a seventh rounder, we know the Packers try not to part with their draft picks so soon. Um, so he's a game that, a name that you'll want to keep up with, um, you know, and watch him develop. But uh, yeah, both of these guys, I think, are just too far on the fringe at this point. Davis gets some love as a homegrown Wisconsin kid, uh, vying for a roster spot, six foot, 196. Pretty good average career stats, I guess, never eclipsed 500 receiving yards in a season, but sprinkled in a few nice plays as a rusher with his legs, done a little bit on special teams as a kick and punt returner. So that would probably honestly be his outside shot at the roster initially, even though it sounds like he's got really nice hands and hasn't really dropped any catches so far in camp. Then you've got Toure, who is of course long and lean out of Nebraska, 6'3", 193. He put up 889 898 yards with five touchdowns his senior year, averaged 19.5 yards per catch, which led the big 10 in receiving yards. So or in per reception, I should say. So he's got that big playability that could also land him a spot on the roster. But I think every indication out of camp so far, these guys are really steady. It's just, you know, we'll talk about it at the end of the show, like Andrew alluded to, but it's tough to see a roster or a position group with this much front end talent, um but these guys vying for that seventh spot if there is even a seventh spot available in that wide receiver room.
2: Yeah, and then I'm gonna talk about uh the, the two kind of long shots, the the wide receivers that not a lot of people are gonna be talking about, and that's Osiris Mitchell and Ishmael Hyman. Uh, Mitchell is 6'5-206. He's a first-year player out of Mississippi State. He originally signed with the Dallas Cowboys as a UDFA in 2021 and spent most of his rookie season on the Cowboys practice squad. He did play for the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. He had 23 receptions 333 yards for them and three touchdowns. Um, Hyman is six foot 196, so clearly a very different body type. Uh, he's a first-year player out of James Madison, but he began his pro career uh, with the Orlando Apollo's of the AAF in 2019. Later, he signed with the Tampa Bay Bucs, um, and he spent uh, most of that season on their practice squad. Uh, he was on the active roster for two games very late Late in the season, he signed with Carolina in 2020 um, and again was on the Panthers practice squad. And then he was waived by Carolina in the 2021 training camp. Um, And then he played for the Michigan Panthers in USFL. Um, So neither player is likely to make the active roster. I heard a lot of good things about Hyman's performance um, in in camp the last couple of days. Um, But big showings in the preseason could get them a look at the practice squad. Mitchell, I think, has to be especially intriguing given his size and the hope that maybe he could develop as a blocking threat. Like sort of in the way that I think they expected Alan Lazard to develop. Not that they anyone <laughs> expected Alan Lazard to suddenly turn into what he has, um, but sort of that guy that could be like a, a dedicated blocker and then maybe provide something as as a big receiver.
1: Yeah, so we kind of worked our way through all these names, right? There's always just Tons of guys that want an opportunity, but not all these guys are going to be able to make this roster. That's just the reality of it. So, even though we've hinted at some of these things, let's talk about it. Who actually makes this roster, and maybe a couple names that we think stick around on that practice squad? Yeah. To me, I mean, the first five are
2: pretty obvious, right? Allen Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. I'm gonna get this exactly. right yet?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and then. I think for the six, I would go probably Amari Rogers. And I just don't, I, I don't see how the Packers can give up on Rodgers yet. Now, now if he's still not able to be the kicker or punt returner and you can't get him on the field, may, maybe Malik Taylor or Toure could take that wide receiver six spot. But I do think, you know, just like Maggie said, I think Danny Davis and Samari Toure do end up being the ones that end up on the practice squad.
1: Okay, so before I answer this question, I just want to remind everyone that since 2017, when he became an offensive coordinator, a Matt LaFleur offense has never kept more than six wide receivers on an initial 53 man roster. Okay, he had six in LA when he was an OC, he had six in Tennessee when he was the OC there. He's had six in two out of three of his seasons in Green Bay. The exception was 2020. But before you get excited, they only kept five in 2020. So I feel pretty confident this team is not keeping seven wide receivers, which is tough because it means that some of these guys, they're good football players. They're getting a cut. And I have the same list as Andrew, right? Lazard, Cobb, Watkins, Watson, Dobbs. (laughs) Make sure I say it right. Amari Rogers. I think those are the six. Sammy Watkins looks to be safe and I think he makes this team I can see a scenario where things get a little bit weird and maybe they like some of these guys and they just feel like maybe his recent trajectory is just kind of who he is and they go a different route but I feel like that is actually the long shot I think that I think Watkins makes this team so I've got the same list as Andrew I wish I could be more interesting but I think those are the six guys
3: Yeah. So this doesn't happen too often on our show, but we're all absolutely in agreement here. Um, I'll go a step further than Kyle and say that I think Watkins is a roster lock already. Um, so that really puts the position group at six locks to me, you know, Cobb isn't going anywhere. Lazard isn't going anywhere. The two draft picks aren't going anywhere. Um, that leaves Amari Rodgers, I guess. And, you know, Andrew talked about it earlier, given his draft pedigree, his role on special teams that we think he could still have, and the way that he's improved his body heading into year two, I just don't see any way that the Packers move on from him. So if Green Bay were to stray from the norm that Kyle has laid out and keep seven wide receivers, to me at this point, I think that the nod goes to Juwan Winfrey. And I don't know if that's a, like a hot take, maybe not. Um, like I said before, though, I think that Davis and rare are the practice squad locks going into this season so far. Um, and then everyone else, I guess, is kind of a TBD after we after we get some preseason tape on these guys.
2: Yeah, and I, I think certainly wide receiver is always a position that a lot of people are very interested in come the preseason games, um, but maybe a little bit more so this year. So I'm glad that we can go over that as well. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. And next week, we'll be back. Get this. Previewing the Packers preseason opener. It's time. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... <laughs>